Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Angela. This is Books, books are, are Good, good actually. actually. And today we're doing, it's October, or Ooh. a day in October, and that means it's spooky time. Ooh. Spooky season. And so Ooh. we bring to you a spooky book called The Occult Book, A Chronological Journey from Alchemy to Wicca by John Michael Greer. Greer? Greer. Not Greer. Greer. That sounds... Greer just gives him too much of a flourish. Makes him a cheese. Yeah, it does also make him a cheese. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. He, it's, a, it's a book. It's a book. Um, so, Jimmy, what have been your experience or thoughts about the occult before reading about these several figures and light um, talk of going-ons um, dating back before Christ? Mm. Well... Um, as many may know, I am a werewolf, and uh, I I was born this way. Uh, it's just a part of my life. Um, and uh, other than that, I haven't really encountered anything too occult. Oh, okay. Did you have a werewolf bar mitzvah? I did. It was under the full moon. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's when when you're born a werewolf, you don't actually become a wolf until you become a. Yep. Um, and uh, it one one downside is uh, a sure sign that it's happening soon is you go from like, and just keep in mind like, you you're in middle school you have to go to gym class everyone's like how many pubes do you have and we're all sitting there counting pubes and you go from none to a full bush and everyone's like what is wrong with you so embarrassing so embarrassing. uh but in reality um uh none uh like. I I'm interested, but I also know it's not real. Uh, I'm personally an agnostic atheist, uh, but I live like I'm a gnostic atheist. Uh, and for funsies, I am a card-carrying Satanist. All right, so you're complete, not complete opposite. Um, so I was kind of into the the occult. I was very much a goth. I try to find books of Wiccan in the Midwest Library, which did not prove to be very um, helpful. Um, also try to find books on skateboarding. I love reading books about various different things and then try them and then like, but I didn't find a book on Wiccans. Um, I found books on Visigoths, so that was neat. Mm -hmm. um, and I have various books on like uh, chaos magic and and some crystal shit and like chakras like i even have a tattoo of a sanskrit shit so like which i'll eventually cover one day because it's like my first tattoo and you know it's not really regretful but it's just one of those like yeah this could this Be could better. go away um mm -hmm. so the occult stuff is interesting um it's interesting from a uh self-improvement aspect do I believe in angels and spirits to come help you, like physical beings or beings of um, metaphysicalness? No, not really. Do I believe in like the rituals and stuff to help you kind of get a new perspective? Yeah, I can, I can buy into that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, let's. Uh, and do I think that uh, mediums and other stuff kind of exist? No, I. That's just been kind of debunked. Uh, it's fun though yeah. but please don't base all of your decisions on that i mean i guess mm. it could help you 
like if you're kind of like i don't know what to do maybe i should do a thing and maybe it'll give you inspiration but that's really all it does it doesn't really like fate change your path it you, you make that decision so yes um i totally agree with that um i i definitely have interest in like in, in like okay to say that i have not heard anything about the occult but like be a lie like uh, i'm going to mention some podcasts later surprise me mentioning podcasts on this podcast who would think it who would um, but uh like you and i both know that i've listened to the last podcast on the left in particular the chaos magic episode and it's definitely something that sounds interesting and sounds fun um i just haven't gotten around to actually digging it yeah i mean a lot of if you ever read a chaos magic book um one they're kind of nerdy too half the time it's really just like you should just meditate and have a practice of like doing rituals and then kind of go live your life that's that's pretty much what it is and I, I'm, I'm very it's very interesting but the least it's very more upfront about it instead of like the secret like that mm -hmm. shit was a fucking scam Mm -hmm. The way that just the way that it was marketed, oh, was. I remember my dad gave me the secret as like a graduation present or some shit. I never read it. <laughs> Fucking wasted thirty bucks. Yeah, seriously. I hope he got it, but he's a very um. He he will go to garage sales and other shit in, like bookstores. I like, use bookstores, so I'm pretty sure he got it like on a like waste of two dollars. Yeah, two dollars at least. I hope he did. Uh, he uh, like as much as I am like pro like get useful gifts for people cheaply or freely um getting someone the secret for two dollars as a graduation gift like i have feelings about that i'm sure you do as well yeah my dad has a penchant for just giving me kind of useless gifts until i just was like all right we need to talk like not saying i'm not grateful but sometimes i'm just like do you listen to any Thing I said about my interest and then try to give me a gift based on those things and now he yeah. just straight up asks me or ask me you know that that also works mm -hmm. um now he just is like hey I'll just ask you about stuff or just make sure it's okay and I'm like anyway <laughs> enough about my dad's horrible gift giving um plight my um, family just sticks with cash yeah that's always better folks mm -hmm. give your give family cash if you can if mm -hmm. not Go to the two dollar bookstore place and give them the secret. That's that's all you gotta take away from this episode. That's the secret. That's the secret. All right. So, um, so let's talk about the book in general. Uh, you know, thoughts. I guess I guess I go first since I posed the first question to you. Okay. Um, overall, it is very one. It's like I thought. Like, oh, okay, it's three hundred page book. It's gonna be maybe a little bit more in depth on stuff. It's very short. And, like, part of me, I'm, like, reading this, and I'm like, you know, some of this shit seems very probably made up. So, all right, let's go through this. Jesus being a magician, interesting thought. Um, Pythagorean uh, also being a magician or an occult. I'm like, okay. Yeah, Pythag I thought they mentioned him. Maybe not. Yes. Yes. Okay. They do. That's what I thought. All right. Because they had, like, and then... I thought what was most interesting that they didn't mention, uh, one, this book was very Western focused, like straight up. And, mm -hmm. um, another thing was I thought like 
nothing speaking of like the occult and other weird batshit stuff that was going on in Russia, you know, it, yeah, like with Rasputin like the and stuff like that. It's like Madame Blavatsky, and it's yeah. like she was a Russian immigrant to America. Yeah, and, and it's just like, why did she learn all this really crazy bullshit that she was peddling? But just seems like in America, like doesn't seem like she picked it up in Russia, at least according to the. That's yeah, fair. Um, and like the various podcasts I've you know heard her name kind of pop up. I guess she, her really big grift kind of didn't really start until she got to America. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it's just kind of this is a very Western like look at occultism, uh, yes. especially to like uh, Wiccan stuff, and then it's like super. Each chapter is like a page, you yes. know, page and a half. So it's like very um, scant type of information. And yep. um, what I thought what was interesting was like the kind of like, oh, okay, this was influenced by this. This was influenced by blah, which I thought was kind of cool, like as a way to kind of weave into like, why did some people kind of like, where did this kind of pop up from and things like that? Um, or all... It was like it was okay, but I wish it was more, I guess, focused or like had a bigger. I don't know. It was, you know, a A through Z book or chronological yeah. book. So there's only this so was, much. This was a listicle. Yeah. This a hundred percent. If if you, I Angela, I hope you did not buy this. Book. No. Okay, good. Because I did not. Um, listeners, if you are thinking about buying this book. Do not buy this book. Look at the table of contents. Go to Wikipedia. You were going to get so much more out of it. Yeah. Just uh, there is like for being 300 pages, this should have this should have been seven or 800 pages and been the debt of a cult. Yeah, and it really should have. It's yeah, it is a listicle. And I'm very frustrated that like not that it was a hard read. It was an incredibly fast read because it was a listicle. But like. Just and there was okay one one small inaccuracy. Uh, Death of Jesus talks about Jesus refers to him uh, by the name Jesus Ben Pen, uh, Pantera. Uh, it, he writes Ben, um, but when I searched that because I was like, wait, I've never heard this. Bin B I N is every other source. Ah. So like, there's there's grammatical errors. In the page and a half, Jesus, uh, there's so many like points where I'm like, I have an, a general understanding of the historical, like, like political context for what is going on at this time. Those absolutely deserve a mention for what's going on. Like he mentions the Carbonari and like a line, um, but he does so without like being incredibly specific regarding what the Carbonari were. And where they were, um, and sort of implies that the Carbonari was like a secret society in Europe. No, it was like a secret revolutionary society, mostly in Italy, a little bit in France and Switzerland, and was primary primarily designed around for the majority of it because it was, it was designed around people who make charcoal, who travel the woods and in between towns and make charcoal. So it was functionally like uh, the Freemason, but for people who make charcoal. Um, and the Carbonari was, as far as the revolutionary movement, a flash in the pan after uh, 1848, 
which was the year of a lot of different uprisings throughout Europe, which was sparked in France, um, and was really only a revolutionary like outfit in a small section of Italy. Uh, but the way he mentions it, it implies that it's like a secret society across all of Europe, and it doesn't like have a, a time frame context. Uh, it's just and. That's just what I picked up on. Um, another great example is later in the book. Um, so Rudolf Steiner, Rudolf Steiner's anthro anthroposophical society was the uh, the chapter, which was a split off of the Theosophical, the Theosophical Society uh, due to the second leader of the Theosophical Society deciding that. A guy from India was basically the new Christ slash Buddha. Um, and what he fails to mention is that Rudolf Steiner created, with well, one, horrifically racist, even for the time. Two, created the Waldorf School, basically went off, went on to be like child, like uh, sexual assault, like hotbeds for decades, including when he ran. So also... Uh, at least according to accusations, a pedophile. No mention. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that's why I meant, like, that's why I kind of sa said, like, there, there's stuff that he just kind of doesn't mention or, well, not directly said, but um, th there's just, like, missing pieces of information or context around stuff. And because it's a listicle type of book, it's like, all right, we just got to speed through this. Yep. We're, we're going to give you, like, two paragraphs and all right next guy yep like it's literally just about the ideas and the organizations that like occurred and like gives you the name attached to it and that's basically it and then after that it it there's no context for like why these ideas might become popular at that time or why this individual would be in that the position to come up with that idea or uh, why they had the material and means to spread that idea, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's definitely a couple folks who were just like, yeah, and then they just, you know, he read or like met so-and-so and then just hold up in their room and just wrote a bunch of books and then they died. I'm <laughs> just like, okay, yep. uh, but why? Like, what was the thing? Yeah. Um, no, it's, <sighs> yeah, no, it. Don't read this book, listeners. Just look at the con table of contacts, con contents and then go to Wikipedia. But it got um, four point whatever stars on, on Goodreads. On Goodreads, I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, I will take the time now to do that plugging of other podcasts. I'm um, I'm going to start with uh, Behind the Bastards, which had a great episode on. Uh, Rudolf Steiner uh, and the Waldorf schools. And I'm sure there are other episodes that tie into occult individuals. Um, Paranoid Strain uh, is a podcast about conspiracy theories. And it jumped around for the first like season or two. But the past season, it's just been going through like the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians and um the knights templar and doing like six to eight hour deep dives where they read multiple books on the topic they talk to professors and scholars on these topics um highly worth 
looking into if you are like, I want to know more about the the Rosicrucians or uh, the Knights Templar, but I don't want to read the book. Uh, that's a good podcast for you. Um, and then there's also uh, uh, Ghost Stories for the End of the World, but that's more conspiracies. It doesn't really dive into uh, the occult. Yeah, and there's also, you know, various other, like, more focused occult stuff. But Last podcast. Yeah, but um, kind of the problem, really. So, so the nice, like, interesting part of occult is you can, or like occult books, is that they try to think of history through like an occult lens, which mm-hmm. is fun, but like, kind of the problem with this book, kind of hand waves away certain, like, doesn't really explain the context of the time or like why, why their theory would make sense, mm-hmm. um. So you just kind of run into just a bunch of like kind of historical fiction shit going on. Um, I think uh, like the one uh, shit um, like that one. So this movie came out around, I want to say 2007. It was very big with a bunch of like libertarians. But they were talking about like, yeah, like Jesus' story is actually like uh, was um, taken from, you know, the Egyptians and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, the story of like Jesus was always like a historical thing and there's a new world order and it had Ron Paul in it. And I fucking forgot. Um, anyway, it's kind of like that where they're like, ah, yes, you see, there's actually an alternative history to what you're taught, which is true. But now it's like, but there's magic and you're like, for fuck's sakes. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. Cause I mean, it, it provides a different scapegoat than yeah. the the actual powers that be. And I, listeners, I do not mean Jews here. Um, right. But uh, which, once again, Jews are another scapegoat for the powers that be. Powers that be being capital and rulers of nations. Yeah. So, uh, the, and this is like kind of the other shitty part about this type of thinking is that yeah it leads to racist thought and other like big like bigotry because once you kind of get in this like rabbit hole of like all right well people have been lying to me then or like i can i can unveil the truth like the truth like the i can reveal the truth and i'm the only one who can do it or i'm with a group of people who are the only ones who can uh show the world the, the real truth you get you get stuck in that thought pattern. Yes. Um, it also one org or individual that was mentioned. I'm trying to find it. Uh, it's not the runes guy. Um, uh, well, yeah. Never mind. No worries. <sighs> All right. Anyway, let's go. Even though this is a book that I like, want to stress is very like. I kind of was. A little soft on this it is is very just it's fun but it's very like inaccurate historical wise like mm-hmm. there's you can go and pick each like entry and you can probably deep dive a bit more and since you already like fucked up like different names of like jesus and shit like that and just like what these other organizations do you get some probably half truths in here or even like half descriptions of what actually happened yeah. um however something strikes your fancy yeah definitely Good, definitely deep dive on it. So, however, um, what are like your favorite kind of um, favorite interesting occult entry 
that was a part of this big old listicle? Um, so I'm going to have to go all the way back to uh, Empedocles, mm. uh, who invents the the four elements, which was basically philosophy at the, at the time. It's only become in later years, like wrapped up in the occult. But the idea, and this will come back later, listeners, but the idea that everything is made up of fire, water, uh, earth, and air um, was, I mean, it's wrong, but it's its a like a fun idea, and it's interesting to see like how far that carries back, at least in Western canon. Who knows how far it carries back in other um, traditions and other uh, histories. Um, and when I, when I read about that, I was like, Captain Planet is pagan. Yeah. Because like that earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. Yeah. Like that's, that's hella pagan. Oh yeah. That was mine. Um, mine is of course more to the scammy side, which is um, Alessandro Cagliostro uh, and he dies in Rome. And I really like this because it shows the very scummy nature of occult thought in occult like when everyone is really wrapped up into it um that's kind of why i sort of like rasputin in a way because it's just like this is a person who just took advantage of a bunch of rich people who should well actually i can't even say they should know better but it's just kind of like when opportunist who sees like oh okay i can make money from this or get something out of this and then just full go hogs like whole hog into it um yeah that's pretty great yeah, I like the fact that this motherfucker essentially scams his own town and then, um, yeah, actually, no, he's a monk and then uh, they force him out because of the scandal and then he was trying to forge a fucking title so he just leaves and then he, like, gets up, he, like, uh, met a girl and then they're like, alright, let's go and pretend I'm a count and then I s sell magical elixirs and shit <laughs> grift hard yeah grift hard and then they go to fucking london he was initiated into the freemasonry and then you know he's like "Ooh, i had you know manuscripts from fucking egypt which holy fuck there's a lot of like yeah so i have these manuscripts or this thing from egypt like mm -hmm. so many times in this thing or like yeah. oh we're going to egypt to do our big ceremony or some bullshit and like the amount of probably lost historical shit because a bunch of rich like Europeans just went down to Egypt, dug around, no clue what the fuck they're doing, probably destroyed a bunch of shit, and then left. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'm also going to posit okay. they're lying. Oh yeah, and they're lying. Because yeah. like, Egypt is just far enough away from Europe where it's like, ooh, mystical. They're foreign, but it's also just close enough that you can believe that someone went there and came back if you haven't seen them for a few months. Yes. It's like, like oh, where have you been? Oh, I went to eat. Actually, it was one town hour getting shit-faced and writing lies on a piece of paper until they sounded good enough to sell to you. Yeah, and like, yes, yeah, so there's like also just the lying of like, oh yeah, I found this manuscript or I found this or I went to Egypt with my cousin or whatever and nerds like mm -hmm. yeah okay especially like you don't want to look like a dumbass if they were like correct right mm -hmm. so or like um 
you know, you want to you want to have that nice influence. Like, oh, yeah, I know a guy who went to Egypt. And he has his like manuscript and shit like that. And he has a bunch of rituals and things. So um, he like uh, apparently like he used these fake rituals to um, offer uh, initiations into the Freemasonry for like a really huge fucking fee. Egyptian then, Freemasonry. Yeah, Egyptian Freemasonry, excuse me. And then um they go to Paris. Um they went they were welcomed in the royal court. And then they essentially got mixed up in a scandal and they got thrown into jail. Um and then banished from France. And then um a, a the author describes him as a Parisian hack journalist published an expose proving the great Count Cagliostro was another than Giuseppe Balsamo. And I just like the fact that he's like, he's a, he's a hack journalist. I'm like, no, the guy did an expose and said the truth. Maybe. I mean, who knows? Yep. Um, and here's a great example of historical context. I'm looking at the chapter as you were reading it over. He arrives in Paris in 1785. What happens in 89? Oh, you know, some guillotines and stuff. Uh, guillotines don't start until oh. two. Shit. Napoleon? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. Eight, so 89 oh was the French Revolution, but it was three years before guillotines started popping. Okay. Uh, but, uh, well, popping, like, really popping. I think it was two years and, like, 91 when the guillotine, like, started becoming the thing that the state was using. But, like, they didn't really use it until 92-ish. Um but so since there's no like recording of like he arrives in Paris and then in this year on this day, he gets thrown in prison. We have no idea if it's like, did he piss off the royal government or did he piss off the people who were like revolting and like pr like putting forward like enlightenment ideal? Who knows? This Who knows? Book doesn't tell us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he eventually goes back to Italy and the Inquisition catches up with him, apparently, and then sent to life imprisonment and then died of cancer. So that's, to me, the most interesting and kind of the one I want to go find in terms of, like, go find a book about this guy. Just because it sounds fun. Okay, it could be so very banal. 1795, he dies right at the top. Yeah. Um, so six years, life imprisonment. So that puts it at 89 when he's imprisoned by the Inquisition. Right. So it could well be the case that, like, he gets, like, functionally thrown out due to, um, like, a loosening of um, what could be printed, um, or he gets imprisoned due to the loosening of what can be printed due to the revolution that was going on in 89. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? Until we go find a book about this guy <laughs> and read it for this podcast. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe, uh... Okay. All right, got, what... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, we've got three more books. Yeah, a big, chunky one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, something I noticed in this book is that, kind of around the 50s, and, like, there's a couple entries, a lot of the occult-like entries kind of taper off. And I was thinking, is this due to... Um, post-World War II and the proliferation of, like, nuclear, like, weapons and just kind of the, um, 
we're living like we're living in like the future and science fiction and like L. Ron Hubbard really started taking off here and you know science fiction as a a genre really started taking off. Mm-hmm. Did occult um occult uh musings or whatever just started to take a back seat. Or is this author really bad and doesn't realize there's other occult stuff that was maybe not nearly as interesting? I don't know. Um, I would say that it's so many of the occult things that have occurred through history are tied together with uh, learned individuals. Um, that as education became more spread, the ability for an occult idea to be shared between a select few number of learned individuals who, because they are under the impression that they, as learned individuals, like, are right about things because they've done the reading, then any other learned individual who is presenting some, like, magical thing, there must be some truth in it. Uh, so I, I would suggest that, like, education becoming more generally accessible um, and communication becoming faster uh, would lead to the the downfall of a lot of occultism in both the general population and in like the the writings of educated individuals. Fair enough. Um, I can definitely see that as like, yeah, as we learn more and are able to spread knowledge a bit more, a lot of probably like folk type of knowledge, you know, recede and um, also as like populations kind of grow and you're able to talk to like more different, like different people from like different backgrounds, you kind of also like, I wonder if there's also like the um, societal, not societal pressure, but just kind of like as a society, everyone has kind of moved on to, right? Yeah, from I mean, yes like from no. that thought because yeah. like astrology is still around right but like uh, no one really believes astro- they're like oh yeah i know what astrology is it's cute but like i don't yeah. take people, most of my people do it for fun yeah yeah um whereas versus like i mean it's probably a historical to say that like people were doing magic to like uh as a as a like a mass society to try, like try and make their lives better but yeah, I don't know. This book doesn't tell us. This book does not tell us. We just have to sit here and speculate for you guys. Isn't um, it fun? Yeah. Um, it, you know, we probably could have paired this with, like, reading, um, what was it, Caliban and the Witch? Yeah. Yeah, that that would be an interesting contrast. Yeah, because, like, with Caliban and the Witch, there was definitely, like, besides, you know, Death of the Commons and forcing everyone to do a capitalism um you know a lot of the you know talking about how each um each village or like each area had someone who was old enough to kind of like okay here's what the the good herbs are here's where the bad ones are here's how we can make medicine and how like once they forced everyone to not have that knowledge anymore because it didn't make people money Mm -hmm. then um you you know how did uh, i guess like how as a society or how is like a culture kind of changed um and especially like when uh when these entries are happening in this book like kind of maybe we could try to pair it up i don't know um yeah it um i mean so much of that book is still like not focused on the occult 
it, it's like talked about secondhand as as a as something that is like lost due to these processes. Um, it's not like, and these are the things that they were practicing. These are the rituals that they. Um, but going back to like why it fell off, like looking over the the entries in the uh, the timeline really bunches up and gets really crowded from like the 1500s onward. Yeah. Um, basically, once eh, 1400s, once like uh, a lot of people were starting to write shit down. We start to see like occult things being recorded and, and spread about. Um, but and by a lot, I mean people writing anything. So like, I definitely feel like there's a, a strain in us of just like occult beliefs or like nonsense beliefs, like things that are not necessarily backed by science, but we still believe just uh, inherently as a part of who we are. Um, but it it really doesn't stand up to widespread scrutiny by the masses uh, or by enough specialists who know what they're talking. Yeah. Um, I think also there's people probably have like in the back of their mind, like we, we don't really know everything. Like it's not possible to know or explain everything. Mm -hmm. And that's where they get you. Right. Yes. Um, God is in the dark matter. And, <laughs> and so is uh, the goddess. Dionysus. The goddess Dionysus. God is Dionysus. Um, yeah. What I thought was interesting, uh, or like one of the, so in between each chapter, there's like a piece of literature or like kind of a picture, like some art depicting kind of what will be upcoming. Um, mm -hmm. I thought the one, the the one about the witches, like the, like the, I want to say Malefactorium, but that's, that's a Warhammer thing, <laughs> which... There was like names and stuff. I was like, ah, oh, this uh, is where this is where Games Workshop got that fucking Latin phrase from. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what was it? There was the one about the witches. Like, how do you yeah. spot a witch, or how do you like eradicate them? The malice, maleficarum. Yeah, that one. Um, I thought that was. I thought that like I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're gonna get into this, and like it didn't. I was like, okay, all right, fine. Nope. I should have known better. Um, yep. but. Yeah, I'm just thinking like this motherfucker is just like printing out. This is how you spot a witch, and everyone's like, "Okay, got it. Gonna spot this fucking witch." And which Caliban and the the witch talks about this in yeah. in detail. And unfortunately, this book doesn't. So we don't know how to spot witches. Yeah, we don't know how to spot witches. I'm sorry, you guys. We failed here. I could be a witch. You could be, but you already said you you're a werewolf. So oh, shit, I'm a witch wolf. <laughs> Okay. I'm a werewitch. Um, we obviously need to get some pamphlets <laughs> printed on how to spot a werewitch or witch wolf, whichever one. <laughs> so <laughs> wherever they may be. Wherever they may be. Um, right. So we've already kind of mentioned uh, the last question that we rambled on. Um, but astrology has come roaring back. What are the reasons? Uncertainty in times? Just good fun? empowerment so it was funny i read a thread about astrology and um especially with this person um from a dating perspective they were on tinder and they noticed that a lot of girls have started to have astrology things like, like a sign, sign. Mm -hmm. yeah and like other stuff like that and 
initially I was like, okay, that sounds kind of cute. But apparently some people have been obviously taking it a bit further and be like, that person's a Leo or whatever, and I'm just never dealing with them ever again. Um, so I guess with that kind of sidebar, um, I guess astrology is just kind of like, it's always been around, especially like in newspapers and stuff. I feel like there's been, I've seen more talk of uh, Mercury and retrograde and all this other shit. Or like, LMAO, I'm a Taurus, so like, of course I act this way and shit like that. Um, and I guess maybe it's part of it, like, maybe are people trying to, like, answer the questions of why they why they act or do things that they do? Or try to, like, I'm not trying to say, like, categorize people, but try to, like, solve the mystery of just people in their lives? I don't know. Um, I, I absolutely I just... agree with that. Okay. Um, so my view on astrology, uh, even if it's like fun to do your star chart, like people who put uh, significant weight into it or um, are like trying to use it to understand the world are doing so because it implies that like the world is out of our control. It's all predestined and it's all based on when you came into um and as, as a end result of that, they don't have to necessarily dig into the why things are, uh, which it's difficult to educate yourself on like history and different cultures and economics and politics. Like it's uh, very time consuming and it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily get a good understanding, even if you do spend time on it. Um, or you're going to come to understand what is occurring around you in a way that allows you to navigate the world. So it's safer, easier, and faster uh, as far as like the individual psyche goes to, if you are willing to, to put your lot in like just obsessing over signs and following that. Yeah, I can, yeah uh, I can definitely see it, especially, you know, past two years, a lot of things are out of people's control. Like it became very apparent that a lot of things that were already kind of spinning out of control kind of just got seemingly worse for some folks. Mm -hmm. And it was easier to just, just to kind of go back onto like astrology. Also, like you don't have to spend a lot of money on it. Like this is a very easy, you can go look up oh, yeah. websites. You can go to like your you know social media pages. Like it's not, it is, very easy to just kind of just like, okay, I'm going to do my star chart and I'm just going to, I don't know what the fuck to do. I and assume you can like put it. it out and just do the thing for it. And you're like, yeah. okay, cool. I feel a bit better or whatever. You, you can put in like your, your date of birth and when you were born and an app will tell you what your sun sign is, what your moon sign is, what every planet in our solar system sign is. Cause you can go that deep one, two, um, uh, for for our listeners who are interested in my childhood, uh, my father claims to have done my astrological chart when shortly after I was born, and he's always told me uh, that my first marriage will end in a divorce, but my second marriage to a Pisces will go well. Uh, so I don't Amazing. know where I'm going with that. That's but... wow, dads. This is the yeah. episode about dads just. Um, giving the secret and telling you that your first marriage is going to end in divorce. 
Yeah, but my second one will be great to a Pisces. Yeah, so yeah. obviously... It's all about perspective, because, like, my current partner is a Pisces. Mm. What if my a previous relationship that I was in, I can just... It was a marriage that ended in divorce. Who's writing these things down? Yeah, also, this was, the like, stars? back in the 80s, so, like, they didn't know what divorce... They totally don't know what divorce is, but yeah. I'm just, like, thinking, like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, um... Yeah, they didn't really consider like domestic partnership, like long-term relationships real unless you had a ring on it. Whereas yeah. like, no, they're real. Exactly. All right. Um, that mm-hmm. is, the, I. this is something I didn't know about you. So this, is, this was great. It's more about my father. Yeah, or your dad. <laughs> but also you, because apparently <laughs> you're going to get a divorce uh, yeah. or something. I don't know. I Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, as we mentioned in the last episode, you know, which was a month ago, which I hoped everyone, you know, remembered thoroughly every single word that was spoken out of our mouths. Um, I don't. Yeah, neither do I. I don't remember <laughs> shit. This is why this podcast is a fucking disaster. Um, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's great. It's not a disaster. It's like a trash fire. Something mm. you could put out and we could put out, but we just watch it burn. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, uh, we have a special, um, not a new, or special segment just for this book that is not that great, but we put a little bit more effort into it. We're going to have a tarot reading and Jimmy's been practicing for like 20 years for this to happen. Uh, can you see my screen? Yes. And by screen, I mean the table. Yes. I see the table. You see all the beautiful scratches. Yes, it's very beautiful. Yeah, I put them all there. They're they're there for mystical purposes. Okay, good. I'm glad that we're very getting really into this shit. Uh, I'm going to ask us for just a moment. Need to grab my partner because they wanted to uh, watch this. All right. All right, listeners. So we're going to be doing a pentagram reading for Angela. Um, Now... Pentagram reading uh, is based around a card of significance, a significant according to the lingo. Did not make the mute button for that burp. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask Angela, what major arcana do you to use for your... Um, what we have... Are... Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Fool, which represents new beginnings. Innocence, beginner's luck, and improvisation. The magician, uh, determination, resourcefulness, potential, transformation. The high priestess, intuition, unconsciousness, inner voice, mystery. The empress, fertility, expression, stability, motherhood, and abundance. The emperor, leadership, promotion, structure, law, and order. The hierophant, religion, ethics, tradition, marriage, education. When I did a pentagram reading, I did it around the Hierophant because I wanted to do a reading for uh, how best to approach studying and learning on my own. Oh. Uh, the lovers, partnership, deep love, duality, commitment, the chariot, willpower, drive, confidence. Feel free to stop me. It shouts out. Okay. Drive, confidence, ambition, a journey, strength, confidence. Really? Yeah, confidence was on the chariot as well. So. Some of these things overlap. It's how uh, the readings are so vague because multiple <laughs> cards mean the same thing. Uh, confidence, virility, 
focus, compassion, valor, the hermit, solitude, introspection, meditation, self-reflection, the wheel of fortune, change, luck, destiny, chance, opportunity, fate. Drinking beer makes you burp. What? Uh, surprise. Justice, clarity, truth, fairness, balance, responsibility, the hanged man circumspection, sacrifice, metamorphosis, suspension. All right, let's yeah. go with the chariot because Polnareff is a good character in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All right, so let me find the chariot because I was reading those. I have a training that has all the explanation, but then I also have an actually good to look at deck. <laughs> and so I need to find, let me find the chariot. Great listening right now. I found the chariot. Thank and goodness we have the technology to edit. You gotta leave that at dead <laughs> air. Now, listeners, listen to me shuffle. Beautiful, isn't it? Funny story, your mic did not light up. You shuffled, so. No! Can you hear it now, listener? No. Okay, well. Oh, well. Leaving oh. this in. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> um. So, this card, the signifier, represents you. Okay. So... For the chariot, what we are considering is willpower, drive, confidence, ambition, and a journey. Those are all potentials regarding okay. this reading. The chariot depicts a person inside a vehicle being driven by two sphinxes on the classic cards, not on this card. Um, on this card, you it's being driven by, looks like two lions with people faces. Oh, yeah. Those are some uh, people faces. It signifies surmounting obstacles and moving forward in a positive direction. And you may be overcoming trials, trying to regain control. Strength and willpower are vital to ensuring victory through the path of obstacles that lay ahead of you. The key message is that you need focus to emerge successful in this next phase of your Stay the course and follow your plan with confidence. Now, this next card is the Earth card. The element of Earth is associated with stability and security. And so this card indicates the overall issue of your question. Um, and what do you feel your question is? Is it about a journey? Is it about overcoming something? Um, is it about I, finding confidence? I guess my overall question is uh, kind of job-related um, in mm. terms of going uh, work, completing a project mm -hmm. and it going smoothly. Mm. Okay. So the journey of the project. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this first card. What is keeping you in place? What is holding you back? Are there voices at play preventing you from moving forward? Which is great for this. And we have the upside down Queen of Pentacles. I'll let you look at the Queen of Pentacles. Nice. Looks like a holographic card. -ish. Yeah. Oh, these are very shiny. I I think you'll when we do this in person, because I'm going to keep carrying these around because they're nice. Uh, well, you, you'll. They also feel really. So the queen, upside down queen, jealousy, financial independence, self-care. What is keeping you grounded? Potentially some self-care? Um, what is keeping you from moving forward? Is there anybody on this project that you're working with potentially have issues with? Um, Yeah, a little bit. Someone on my team is kind of, uh, I wouldn't say jealous. They're just kind of, oh man, they're. I just have to clean up their work a lot. Um. Mm -hmm. They're they're a, a bit incompetent. Holding they're not you back bad. From moving forward. Yeah. 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 They just they haven't learned enough to stand on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we know what's keeping you 
for moving forward on this project. Now, air is of influence. It's related to inspiration. In this layout, the position signifies what other people are telling you. Are there people providing a positive influence? Are they dragging you down? What sort of external force are influencing this project? And we have upside down, two of cups. Upside down, two of cups. Imbalance, broken connection, tension. So you have an external influence that is holding you back and it's causing tension. I would say that's probably the people who are on the receiving end of our, our project. They're kind of... Uh, there has been some tension because of past um, folks who are not on the team anymore, but there is there's definitely some tension there. Uh, bad, like some bad history. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then also, there's also the tension between you and your coworker that you're trying to drag along. Yeah. So we know what's holding you back. We know various sources for tension, blowing the wind, misfortune. So now we have fire, the ultimate destroyer. Oh. But also the embodiment of will and energy. It can create like a forge. It can destroy like the house fire that also took Benjamin Franklin's life. It's also a well element of wisdom and intuition because fire is the source of what allows the world to go. This is where you will find what your intuition is telling you, what you can learn from the and how you can adapt to the circumstance of your journey to meet your future needs. And we have the Two of Wands. Look at that, dude. I love it. Oh, I forgot to show you the Two of Cups. Oh, okay. Nice. I really like that lion's head. Looks dope. A lion with, like, bird's wings. Yeah. All right, so the Two of Wands, also upside down. Are you... Did you shuffle well? Oh, I, I shuffled. I shuffled so that... Okay, what I did was a split pile shuffle, right. and every second card was upside down, and then I shuffled that a few times, did a triple split shuffle, and every second card of that was upside down, and then I shuffled some. Okay. So there are right side up cards in here somewhere. Somewhere. But the reverse two of wands. So fire is the ultimate destroyer. It's also a source of creation, will. So what can you learn from this? The reversed two of wands, your personal goals fear of the unknown, and lack of planning. And we already know this journey is about your project. And we have a coworker holding you back, tension with the clients for the project, and tension between the coworker. And so now we have potentially destruction or potentially creation through your personal goals, your fear of the unknown. What does that mean to you? Um, that the overall, the project is a positive thing that will, in a way, kind of destroy the uh, old way we do things. Mm. Uh, but it could also, hmm, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's fair. Do you feel that you've planned enough for the project for your team? Um, uh, okay. So there's, as we were working on the project, there has been things that have come up that has held us back. Uh, just things we were not sure of until we um, were Doing. moving like doing uh like the major migration for it mm -hmm. so that could that like that could be a, the thing there were some unknowns that we solved that mm -hmm. took made like you know took us a week to resolve because we were trying to experiment and figure out what the problem is unknowns are a great place to uh find new sources for inspiration yeah and so the fourth position 
Water. Tides of intuition. Oh. I, uh, I read part of Water when I was reading. Oh, okay. Um, so, Water is associated with the powers of the goddess. This is the element of wisdom and intuition. This is where you, what your intuition is. What can you learn from the situation? How can you adapt your current circumstances, your future needs and goals? We have upside down. Excuse me, right side up. Oh, okay. Look at that cat. Look at that cat. There we go. There we focus. Hell yeah. She's got a flower. She's got a wand. Queen of wands. Confidence. Determination. Independence. Cheer. So, wisdom in what can you learn from? Um, I guess that we're, uh, the pro- well, as I kind of mentioned, the project kind of will change how we do our current way of like day-to-day stuff so um us learning how to get away from one function to another i'm sorry i'm being very vague but that's fine yeah um us learning give away the secret sauce yeah uh us learning um a way to like use new tools uh spreading that to other folks on my team and to the wider organization and um yeah forging like shedding the old way which was kind of untenable to you know uh to forge the new way um yeah also in in a more personal sense that in spite of an individual who's not up yet to snuff to carry their own the tensions of the potential conflict uh and the fear of the unknown who are muddling through this uh i wouldn't say muddle but as you're, you're working your way through this, that you're going to come out the other side as this project develops and, and flourishes into what you know it can be. Uh, you'll have the confidence that in future situations like this, where you have things weighing you down internally and uh, conflict externally, that you'll still be able to carry through. Yeah, sounds Yep, pretty much where I feel this gives me more confidence of like, okay, we're going the right direction. Um, you know, so yeah. There's one last card. Oh boy. Spirit, the whole self. The card at the very top is above the signifier. It's the card spirit. It's the whole self, the culmination of the journey. Not just this journey, but the journey of the pentagrams. And it's what all the other cards have been leading. Looking at the previous four cards, representing the, you'll see in, in combination what they're telling so it's the conclusion to and what we have for your spirit is the upside down eight of pentacles uh-oh what we have for the upside down eight of pentacles lack of passion uninspired no motivation so is this card telling me i'm burnt out at work could be one with the project <laughs> so this probably this card probably means i need to take a vacation after yeah. after this project or that you're just sick of that particular project that could also be true yeah maybe i'm just i'll be i'll be exhausted but happy that we're done but just never want to look at some stuff ever again absolutely um so there's some more flavor on on these cards that i haven't been reading through um you're focused on self-improvement and personal but don't go overboard if you're hyper-focused and obsess on perfection, you could throw yourself into a tailspin. You may also be having tough times with responsibilities and or finance. Never be afraid to ask for help should you need Good reminder. So there we have it. That's, that's going to be how that project rolls out. I mean, the cards have, have shown us the future. Yeah, shown that 
the thing that I kind of not really uh, knew was going to happen, but yeah, it, it reaffirms a couple things, I guess. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Uh, do we want to do another spread or do we not tempt the fates? Let's not tempt the fates. Also, <laughs> it is late. Well, not late, but it's been a long ass day for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. That was fun. I'm yeah. excited for you to bring this to parties and then people are going to get I hope no one spill, spills beer or whatever on them. I need to get... Yeah, good idea. Well, listeners, you've also had your fortune told in the sense of you're not going to read this book. Yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, I have a confession to me. Yes. I bought this book. I'm going to return no! it. Yeah. Well, you returned it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to return it or just remove it from my library. I really don't give a shit. This man does <laughs> not deserve money. <laughs> He lives in our state. We he can does. go yell at him. Yeah, we should find him and yell at him from a safe distance because you Wasted don't. Our you don't fucking time. Yeah, he's paper. He's a druid. He could just you know entangle us with roots and turn into a bear. Go for it. I want oh, well, to see so it you're happen. a werewolf or werewitch, so I think <laughs> I think I think you can take him. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. All right. Um, so for the next book for November, we are back to more political stuff. Um, it will be Black Shirts and Reds by Michael Parenti. And then December, we're going to do Hammer and Ho by Robin D.G. Kelly. And then in January, uh, Less Than Nothing by uh, Zizek. Um, January, that that book will um, talk more about how we're going to divide it up. It's just, it's fucking long and very dense. And we don't want to, like, unlike 20th, long 20th century, be like, failures of reading that book so um yeah so it should be a good couple books a bit more political coming up and then we'll probably have a after less than nothing have a a non-fiction book for for the year just to kind of break it up yeah yeah maybe yeah or or something fun yeah something fun something less like oh i'm already i'm already like okay i have to take some notes like I, i have to do it i have to do the homework yeah. I'm preparing myself. It's gonna be it's, great. Yeah, I'm glad. You know, this is this is more uh, on the on the personal side, listeners. But I'm glad you suggested we do that uh, study thing in December when we're only reading a 400 page book. Yeah. Instead of in January when we're going to be reading however many pages. Yeah. So, um, remember, books, books are. are- good sometimes yeah okay actually but actually some parentheses sometimes in parentheses (laughs)